Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Brewers Outlet Friday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. All the greatest domestic brews. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. That pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Water, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day as well. And six different flavors of slushies too. And you know what? It's been still feeling like summer, so you can still get some of those slushies right now. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. And Steve is in the... Mobile, literally mobile Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. And that is because Steve is going to be literally en route to Bloomington when we talk to him today. He was supposed to be scheduled to land in Indianapolis where he is staying for the game and then driving to the game in Bloomington for tomorrow. But unfortunately, sometimes when you travel by air, things come up. So we had a little bit of a fog issue for a portion of Steve's trip through the air. So he had to make a couple of adjustments. And he is now going to be in route driving as we speak. He actually had to fly to Chicago and now is going to drive from Chicago to Indy. So that's where we'll see him in route. He will join us live in the 4 o'clock hour. But just to give him a little bit more time to get his bearings together and get on the road safely, we have the first hour here of kind of replaying some of our interviews from this week, including Phil Troutwine, Penn State's offensive line coach. We heard from him earlier this week with Steve, and so we'll play that in just a second. Then at 3.35 today, Steve, before he left, had a chance to talk to Ben Jones, statecollege.com, with more on the shocking news of Patrick Chambers resigning as Penn State men's basketball coach, so that's coming up at 3.35. Then when jo- Steve joins us live at 4.06, we'll have Penn State reporter Rich Scarcella from the Reading Eagle for his take on the Indiana game. And then at 4.35, it's our pick segment with the King. So we'll have it all together, normal for the 4 o'clock hour, but we're just going to give Steve a little more time to get its get his bearings about him. I think he has just about landed in Chicago and should be starting to driving his journey to Indianapolis. So that's kind of the story for today. Going to be a little bit unusual, but it's 2020. What's not been unusual so far this year? So as I mentioned before, Steve had a chance to talk with Penn State offensive line coach Phil Troutwine, get in a feel for one of the better positions of depth for this team. And it's certainly going to be very critical now as Penn State goes into the 2020 season without one of its top playmakers, Journey Brown, though, of course, running back looks pretty good too as far as depth is concerned. We focus on the offensive line with Phil Troutwine, and Steve talked to him earlier this week about the group and about the upcoming season. State offensive line. This now being game week as Penn State plays Indiana Saturday at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, 3.30 the kickoff where I'm beginning at 2 o'clock. 
When I look at the Penn State offensive line, I feel like this is the best offensive line I've seen at Penn State since 2008. Now, we'll have to see how it plays out, whether that's reality or not. But the guy in charge of that offensive line is Phil Troutwine. I had an opportunity to talk with him. Yeah, thanks for having me, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of um, you know, Penn State and what Penn State's all about, and I'm excited. All right, so let's get to this. We're in an interesting part right now. It's that part where you go through training camp, and then you make the transition to game week. How important is it for an offensive lineman that in this transition that you make sure that there's a fine line between the work you need but also the legs needed to play the game? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty smart. You know, Coach Franklin does a great job of, you know, making sure our guys are fresh for the game. But, you know, um, you know with the number of reps and how many live reps, how many, um, you know, scout team reps, you know, so we make sure that, you know, we handle it right. Because, like you said, you need to make sure your guys are fresh for the game and, um, you know, fresh for Saturday. So just trying to handle that and making sure that they're also getting great work um, and getting – you know, ready for the game is crucial to, uh, you know, having having success on Saturday. When Coach Franklin was on the show with me a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was kidding around. He said, everyone glosses over where we were on the offensive line. He said, but you and I remember what it was like when he first got here. So let's take somebody who's now approaching this from the outside that's now inside that you. What do you, what did you think, and what do you now think of Penn State's offensive line depth as you've had a chance to see them in practice? Yeah, um, you know we have, you know we have a lot of talent. Um, you know we have the depth. I think, you know we have, you know nine to ten guys that can go in and play. Um, and you know that's something that I know Coach Franklin has been working hard with. Um, you know the last, you know since he's been here. And you could definitely see it. You could definitely see the hard work in recruiting um, and what they've done. And you also got players that love football and that want to be great, so that makes it easier. But, you know, the depth is something that, um, you know, I, it's, it's different for me, even for sure. All right. Uh, you went out right away and you forged a relationship with, with Michael Medit. I mean, the last time I was around anything was a workout back in in March terms of physically being there. I get to see you and Mennett were talking a lot even during that workout. What did it mean to you to forge a bond with him, and what did it mean to the room that you did that? You know, I, you know, from day one, you know, I, I looked at Mennett as definitely one of the leaders in the O-line room, and I knew that getting to him and getting him to believe in, you know, what I'm about and who I am and, and get to know me, I think was key because, you know, if he goes, hey, guys, this is, this is a guy you guys want to listen to, then everyone else will listen. And so, you know, I had a, I built relationships with all of them, um, but I knew at least to get to men at first and then at least get the guy that's the leader of the room um, and talk with him. And then from there, I you know, I slowly, you know, with the upperclassmen and then just trickled down. And now I feel like, you know, I, I'm I have great relationships with every guy on the offensive line, and you know they're they're awesome. And um, you know every day I go out there and try to make them all better, and I think they see that and they feel that, and and that's what uh you know that's what to be a great offensive line coach you have to do. You have to get your guys to believe in what you're about and what you uh, you know believe in. Everyone has aspirations. You were able through hard work to achieve goals that maybe some people okay well. You know, somehow he becomes a starter, and somehow he gets to the NFL. 
have the players asked you about your story? I mean, because you're not usually one that volunteers stuff like that. But I mean, have they asked you about your story? And what is it? Do you think it means to a player that your the example of your story can mean to them? Um, you know, they ask me sometimes, like you know, coach, tell us about you know what you uh, you know what you had to go through, or you know, how did you you know kid from New Jersey go to Florida and and able to you know play there and. And I kind of use my – because all I really know is myself and what I've been through. So I, I use myself, you know, what I what I have done, and I've been through what every, a lot of these guys have been through and or they're going to go through. So I kind of use it as, you know, my my bumps and bruises and, and what I've learned along the way and the lessons I've learned, I, I, I give to them. And, um, you know, success as well. I show them, you know, how I was successful. You know how I, you know, this week is big. You know, going in the game week of how I prepared against my opponent and how I'm going to prepare them to play their best game. Um, how I'm going to build confidence in them. And you know, as you know, a guy that wasn't very talented um, as an offensive lineman and able to play, you know, five years in the NFL. You know, I kind of use that as, you know, uh, example and show them. You know, if you if you have the right uh, mindset and you decide that. You want to be great. You can you can be successful, and you can maximize your potential. So just getting them to kind of see that, and I use myself um, a lot because you know that's that's what I know. Over time, we've been able to see guys that can play multiple spots. Michael Miranda can play center or he can play guard. Des Holmes can play tackle or he can play guard. And there's been a little bit with Will Fries playing a little bit of guard while also playing tackle. So when you look at somebody, what is a determining factor for you, Phil, that you'd like to see somebody just try another position in case down the road it is needed? What attributes do they have to have, in your opinion? Uh, Number one thing, they have to be smart. Um, they have to be able to, you know, juggle it and learn it, um, be able to take limited reps there and be able to go and perform at a high level. Um, you know, I also know who can mentally do it, but also who can, you know, without those reps can physically do it. Like, can they only take two reps at right guard, but if I have to throw him in the game, I know that he'll at least be able to do it. He'll be able to, you know, come off the ball and, and be able to do his job. So, um, you know, I look at that first, and then you know, I think that um, you know, if you have athletic um, guys that can move their feet that are powerful, you can play them anywhere on the offensive line. Um, you know, I'm not too big about you know they have to be six seven to play tackle or they have to be six three to play guard. Like I'll put a guy that's six five six six at guard if if I feel like he can. You know, he has the power and he has the footwork, and um, you know he can also. Uh, go out to tackle or he can also play center if I need him to play center um, so but also getting them ready for that you know because I feel like the more you can do that that's the best way for you to get the best five on the field and you know that's what I'm always trying to accomplish as an offensive line coach how can I get the best five and so that's what I'm always trying to look at and sometimes I, I put a guy right guard and I'm like nope he can't, he can't do it <laughs> um, but you learn, and and that's why that's what training camp's great, and that's what um, you know spring ball is all about, and at least getting those them those reps and, and getting them feel comfortable. Phil, I talked about the bonding with Michael Mennett. Now I'd like to ask you about Michael Mennett, the football player. What makes him a really good college center that a guy like Phil Troutwine can count on? He's smart, um, and he loves football. You know, and those 
two things can get you, in my mind, can get you far in the game. Um, you know, if he's willing, like he'll he'll text me, coach. You know, this cut up, or he'll send me a, a video of um, you know a, a play from you know Indiana or whoever we're playing against, or a practice, and say, you know, what did that? What did I do wrong here? What do I need to do better here? Or you know, what what look is this? Or who would I point in this? So he he loves football. He's always trying to get better. He's always trying to make sure that he's going to put himself in the best um, situation out on the field. Um, you know, technique wise, and then of course, you know, assignment sounds. And if you have that, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be a heck of a football player in college. And then also, those habits build you for the NFL as well. And um, you know, you're, I don't know if you watch a lot of NFL football, but there's some very average talent offensive linemen out there, but that are really smart and they understand the game of football and they they just do their job. And you know, that's what you want, and that's what men it does. All right, another veteran and a guy who's in grad school now is Will Fries. He's in that right tackle spot for you. And James had mentioned he's dabbled some at that guard spot as well. But what do you see in Will Fries? Will also he loves the game of football. You know, he he tries to be a technician. Um, you know, he wants to go out there every day and work on something. You know, make sure that he gets better um, at something. You know, in his toolbox every day which is great um and you know he's slowly just getting better and better and better i mean he's he's still getting better which a guy you know usually going into the fifth year sometimes that doesn't happen but it it is happening he's getting better every day and it's great to see and and how he works and, and and what he does every day um you know all the work that he puts in you know, it's, it's starting to show. Let's flip it over to the other side. A youngster who impressed a lot of people last year, Rasheed Walker. What do you see in him, Phil, especially on that left side? Yeah, Rasheed is, uh, he's athletic. You know, he's, um, you know, he, again, he's a guy that loves to be coached. You know, he wants to come out every day and work on something. He's, he's a competitor. Um, and, you know, I love to see that. When you have a guy that just goes out and, and tries to work on his craft and, and wants to be great and has the tools and the athleticism, you know, it, it's it's fun to coach a guy like that. And he's that guy, and, you know, he's learning the game of football, and he's, you know, teaching, he's taking um, my coaching, and, uh, you know, I, I see him having a really big year this year. C.J. Thorpe is somebody that, I think it's safe to say can bring an attitude to anything he does, <laughs> an attitude to that offensive line. When you look at him, what does, quote, that attitude mean to go with talent? Yeah, he's a finisher. You know, you, you, you ask all the offensive line coaches, you know, in, a, in the country, and, and you ask what they want. They want a guy that's tough, um, a guy that wants to finish um, every play. And, you know, that's what C.J. brings to, you know, our unit. You know, he's out there. He's he's you know, he he loves the game of football, and he's going out there and he's trying to sh- put pose his will on anybody that wants to go against him. And uh, you know, it kind of sets the tone for the whole offensive line. So it's great to have, and, and a lot of guys are like that in this room, and it's great to see. And one of those guys probably is Mike Miranda. He, as I mentioned earlier, he can play center, he can play guard. So what do you like about him when he's at the guard spot? I just like his, he's a technician. Um, he he's always. He knows exactly what to do. He communicates. Um, he, you know, helps kind of balance the, you know, offensive line because you know he also can play center, um, and he can also he can play both guard positions. So he's a guy that is versatile, 
and he's the guy that we definitely, um, you know, we, we need. And, and it's awesome to be able to coach him. He takes coaching very well. And he, again, he loves the game. He loves getting coached. Juice Christ can do exactly what you just talked about with Mike Miranda. He can play center, he can play guard. He's had to overcome a lot to get here, Phil. And obviously what he had to overcome was before you got here. What have you seen in his development? Because I'm sure with him he's got to stretch out a little bit more before practice begins because life's a little bit different for him now. But what have you seen in him? He's a hard worker. You know, he he's taken this opportunity. He's the guy that, you know, he, he got a second chance. He got you know who know who knew if he was going to come back, and he he came back, and he's better. You know, and he loves it. He comes out every day, and um, you know takes coaching, and and you know he he's also physical. He loves to put his hands on people. He loves to drive after you know drive to the whistle. He's a finisher as well, and he he's a guy that can play you know center in both guards, and and he can go out there and perform at a very high level. Caden Wallace is a guy that was very tempting last year for the coaching staff uh, because he had a lot of talent. He was on the field goal unit initially, and then when he got to the four-game limit, they decided they would redshirt him. So in his development, what makes him a promising prospect to Phil Troutwine's eye? Great talent. Um, great talent, and he honestly, he, he, he takes coaching. Um, you know, you can coach him hard. You can tell him. You know exactly what he needs to do to get better, and and he he'll listen, and he'll go out there and and do everything he can to, you know, do it. And he he's learning the game. Um, he's learning how to be a technician. Um, he's starting to understand that his talent, you know, got him here to Penn State, but now it's those little things, the little details, just the fundamentals that are going to make him a great football player. And and you can just see um, his his um, development over the last you know two months three months since we've kind of been back and how he's just every day just growing now he has his up and downs because he's young but he uh you know he has some really really good days now he just has to be more consistent and that's where you know a lot of you i was the same way you know a lot of young guys um you know the one thing how consistent can they be and it's about locking in every day and he's growing every single day which is great Anthony Wigan is somebody who came in last year. The decision was made to redshirt him, so he still has a couple of years of eligibility remaining. So as he pushes forward, uh, not just as a contributor, but what kind of foundation does he have? He's powerful. Um, great leg drive. You know, can, is, is learning how to be a technician as well. Um, but, you know, I can see him helping us this year or, and for sure um, years to come because of you know what he has and the tools that he has and if I can get him to perform at a high level he'll be a very very good guard and he'll be a very good football player and he's he's starting to see it and he's starting to build more confidence in himself and it's uh he's a guy that you'll definitely you know be seeing Des Holmes is a guy that seems some time at tackle and at guard you've had a chance to work with him when you've worked with him what do you like everything <laughs> he's he is Love. I mean, always asking me questions. You know, always locked in. You know, is a guy that goes 100 miles per hour every play, uh, and he can play both guard and tackle, which is great. And you know, he's fighting to play a lot of ball, um, if not starting. So he's doing a heck of a job. He's a guy that you know you're going to see a lot on Saturday. All right, uh, a guy that.
that maybe people don't know much about, but he can plug in a couple of spots, Bryce Effner. Uh, when you see him, I mean, look, he's still in the infancy of what he's trying to do, but what do you like? Yeah, I, you know, I like Bryce. He has good feet. Um, you know, he's a guy that can play both left and right tackle. And, you know, I'm going to probably keep him there. Um, I think he's athletic enough to play on the edge. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, again, is, is a future for us. Um, that you know we might get into you know play if uh, if need be, but he's a guy that for sure um, you're going to see you know as a develop as he develops he's gonna, he's going to play some a lot of football for us. Phil, uh, everyone talks about cohesion on the offensive line all the time. Is that something that can be developed in the preseason, or is it something you really have to see in a game? Uh, I think it definitely can be in the preseason. Um, you know, through live situations, uh, through, you know, scrimmages. Um, you don't really get to feel the, the realness of it until the game, but I think you can be very close and you can get your guys to, you know, kind of bond and make sure they're communicating, make sure they're understanding if you really harp it. Um, and you kind of, you know, if you make, you know, scout team, if you make that feel like the game, if you make live situations feel like the game, if you get as many game reps as possible, then you're, you you guys go out to the game and feel comfortable, and I think that's what Coach Franklin's really good at, um, being able to make sure that when we get to Saturday, we've already played the game. You know, we already feel comfortable. We already have confidence of, you know, what's going to happen. And he puts situations throughout throughout the day and and throughout practice that get us ready for the game. And you know that that's how you know I feel that you know Saturday we're going to go out and, and we're going to play very well. So based on that answer, where do you feel you are on cohesion in this preseason based on the situations Coach Franklin has put them in? Uh, I feel really good. You know, I feel, um, you know, we're, we're ready to go. Uh, you know, we still have to, you know, still keep developing, keep getting better, keep working on our technique. Um, but, you know, I'm, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer every day. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for the first game. And finally, for you, um, obviously, it's not like you know you don't have any Pennsylvania roots. You do. Uh, what does this mean for you to be now an offensive line coach at Penn State with the tradition it has? Because you've been at other places that have great tradition as well. Uh, everything. That's why I came here. You know, being two and a half hours away, um, growing up, being a Penn State fan. Um, you know, wishing. I know if you know the story. I wish and I, I would have been able to come and play here. I know. Um, but you know, coming to be able to coach and and be a part of this program and being being our, being part of the culture and, and the success and keep it going. And you know, my goal. I won two national championships as a player, and and I want to win one as a coach. So uh, I'm going to give everything I got for that to happen, and I, I want to do it here. Um, so. Penn State is so fortunate to have you, and so and we're grateful that you took time to be with us this evening. Thank you so much, Phil, and best of luck as we get closer to the season here. Thank you very much. That's Phil Troutwine. Penn State will open with Indiana Saturday at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. Kickoff set for 3.30. We're on beginning at 2 o'clock from Bloomington. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Whether you're cheering for L.A. or Tampa Bay in the World Series, you'll hit a home run with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. 
treated like a champion at SMC. Hurry in now and check out the 2020 Kia Fortes. Sunbury Motors Kia has them starting at $17,998. Under twenty grand for a brand new car. Sunbury Motors also has 24 2020 Kia Seltos available. You have to check out this hard-to-find, small-sized, all-wheel drive crossover. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Tampa Bay Rays, L.A. Dodgers. No matter who wins the national title, you'll be the big winner with a new Kia. From Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And back here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you from the producer's chair. Steve is literally en route to Indy and for tomorrow's game for Penn State at Indiana in Bloomington. So if you're just joining us today, Steve's going to join us during the 4 o'clock hour today while he is driving on I-65 from Chicago to Indianapolis. A couple flight issues kind of change things around for Steve. So he is going to be joining us as he's driving during the 4 o'clock hour. We have Rich Scarcella still coming up at 4.06 today and the King as well with our pick segment at 4.35. So Steve... Doing many different things just for you, the fan, as he gets set for Penn State at Indiana tomorrow, literally en route, in case you're joining us here. So Steve will come is coming up in the 4 o'clock hour live from his rent-a-car and driving to Indy from uh, his flight to Chicago. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And Steve, of course, in the... Very mobile, actual mobile, Sunbury Motors studio today from I-65, we assume, at that point. And, of course, every Friday show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, water, soft drinks, snacks, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. And also, the six different flavors of slushies Good to go for this weekend, so make sure you get stocked up for the weekend. It's still warm out there, so you can still enjoy that nice, refreshing slushies from Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. So we just heard again from Phil Trapwine. We're playing that interview that we heard from earlier this week from Steve. And before Steve left today for Indiana, he had a chance to talk with StateCollege.com's Ben Jones and kind of recapping what happened with Patrick Chambers and suddenly resigning yesterday. Or actually, it was right after the show on, on Wednesday. It was late Wednesday evening, and then we had a lot of reaction hearing yesterday from Nate Bauer, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Now we'll hear from Ben Jones, who was also on that call with Sandy Barber. We heard from her yesterday as well in her quick mentioned with the uh, with the media on that Zoom conference. So, Steve, before he left to go for Indiana, had a chance to talk with Ben Jones, statecollege.com on what happened with Patrick Chambers, now no longer the head coach of Penn State men's basketball. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, the timing of it is is the uh, to me, I'm sitting there all of a sudden I get a text I said, you have to be kidding me, really? What was your thought when uh, when you found out? 
Yeah, I think it was pretty much the same thing. I mean, I think we knew, you know, we knew at least the the one Razier Bolton story, and mm-hmm. you figure that, you know, Penn State did, you know, they did their due diligence. They talked around. You have those conversations with Pat about what is and isn't acceptable. Everyone kind of moves on. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit, the timing slightly different, but, you know, Ed DeCellis left at sort of an opportune moment, not quite as bad as this. Um, but, yeah, I was shocked. I, I figured that this was water under the bridge at that point. Honestly, you know, I was on the phone with Pat two days ago um, talking about the upcoming season, and certainly, you know, it's not that he was going to tell me that anything was going on, but you didn't get the sense that anything was going on talking to him for a while there. So, I, yeah, I was as shocked as anyone, um, and it's sort of it's going to be interesting to see how the next couple weeks unfold. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh... Uh, obviously, in going through this, the the, uh, the he coached the team in practice on Tuesday. I, I my understanding is I don't think they practiced yesterday. I think he told them there was no practice. Uh, but now Jim Ferry has to take over, and Jim's you know look. It's not like Jim hasn't been around the block. He has. He's taken his. He's taken teams to the NCAA tournament before. What, what's your thought on that transition? Yeah, I mean, I think ideally, you know, this is sort of the perfect answer to that question, which is what do you do so late in the cycle? Because it's, it's not as though you're going to go uh, hire a coach away from somewhere else, especially not, uh, you know, with Penn State. Um, you know, Jim was a guy that they brought in to really kind of not revamp the offense, but give it a little kickstart. I think they've done, you know, obviously, I think the last few years have kind of been self-explanatory in terms of the points Penn State's been able to score. Against some good teams, he already knows the players. You know, it's good for continuity. It's good for maybe getting guys to stick around if if they're starting to have thoughts elsewhere. Um, and honestly, you know, depending on the situation, you know, nobody knows what the hiring pool is going to look like. Nobody knows what the financials are going to look like in a year. Um, but if you're talking about a guy that might be at least a short-term solution, um, you know, I, I think you could do a lot worse than, than Jim Perry. Uh, how much does this put on the leadership of John Hara, Jamari Wheeler, Miles Dredd, uh, Myron Jones? What does this put on their shoulders now to, to get the program, to keep the rudder putting the program in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, it makes you think that, you know, the situation is obviously different, but it, it reminds me a little bit of how Bill O'Brien talked about how important you know, Michael Zordich was, how important Michael Motti was, these guys that really, you know, at the end of the day, your players are your program, and the, the people that you have in that program are important, but ultimately, you have to have your players on the, all on the same page, you have to have your leaders pulling, as James Franklin has said, although he hasn't said it in a while, getting everyone to pull the rope in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's huge, because if you lose your players, even if you like your coaches and your assistants, if, if they just, their heart's just not in this thing, and you know, frankly, it, it would be fair for them to feel that way right now. Um, you know, you're in for a long haul, both in the short term and the long term. So I think, uh, you know, it's huge to get those guys on the same page. But I think the good thing is, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are really they're playing for each other. And I think that's not going to change regardless of who the coach is. Jamari Wheeler is going to be Jamari. Mm-hmm. Myron Jones, John Hare, those guys are all going to be those guys for each other. Um, and ultimately, you know, you'd like to think that that's enough to get you through a season. How would you characterize Pat uh, Chambers' tenure as the uh, head basketball coach? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you look at where they started and you look where they finished, and, you know, you know as well as anyone the, the improvements that happened inside the Bryce Jordan Center, around it, in the community, uh, the quality of recruiting out of Philadelphia. 
Um, it's hard to say that they did anything but get better over the course of what amounts to 10 years. Um, you know, you can pick nitpick with anyone. You can say X, Y, or Z about anyone in terms of coaching or in terms of how X, Y, or Z game goes, but that's true for any coach, especially one that sticks around for a long time. But, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Penn State got a bargain uh, for the money they were paying him, and, and ultimately – um, you know, you can quibble here or there, but I, I think, you know, it, it's hard to argue that Penn State did anything but become an immensely better program under his watch. So you're a Penn State basketball player on this day. You're sitting there, and the, the guy that was your head coach on Tuesday isn't there. You're, you don't have a schedule, and this is nobody's fault, by the way. It's just, you know, you're waiting for the Big Ten. Everybody else. You don't have a schedule. You think you're playing November 25th or whatever. And you know you're not going to have any fans in the in the Jordan Center because of all these circumstances. It is a crazy time to be a student athlete. Yeah, it, it is tough, and especially you know you mentioned the lack of a schedule, and you're right. That's not you know strictly speaking Penn State's fault. Everyone's no, sort of waiting for that. That's but, right. You know, I do think. Yeah, I, I do think it's it's tough. I mean, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, guys talk about, you know, they're playing for the school and they're playing for, you know, you know, all these different things. But really, you know, these guys are trying to get some basketball on film because they are all, by the time you get to Penn State, by the time you're playing in the Big Ten, you're thinking about what happens after that. Not not everyone, but, you know, a lot of these guys are. So, you know, I think there's still excitement. There's still enthusiasm. But, you know, it's going to be tough. I heard from a couple guys, not players, but, you know, people around the program last night, and it's just a real – uh, gut punch and you know uh, the other side of that coin is you know obviously we don't know everything that's happened and I don't want to uh, you know assume that this shouldn't have happened or, or that I know everything that mm-hmm. did happen um, but certainly when it comes to the players and the staff members that you know were not you know directly a part of all of this you go you know that's tough for them uh, it, it leads to an uncertain future and you know you, you hope for their sake that you know they can kind of get back on their horse and figure out whatever is next because certainly uh, there's not a lot of time between now and whenever that, that first game officially happens. It's amazing how young people rally. I mean, that's something. It's it's amazing how young people rally. Uh, one thing that again we don't know what's in the internal investigation. Obviously, it was enough for them to say, "I think we need to do this," and so they did. Uh, and Pat opted to resign. Sandy Barber has not been one. She is. She has always been one that has allowed coaches to have a lot of lot. She gives them time. So obviously, this isn't something like on October twenty first. Sometimes say, "Well, I'm going to do it." And that's that's not that's not who she is. This obviously had to be a very tough thing for her to do too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know she had put a lot of stock into Pat over the years. Mm-hmm. She had given him a lot of time and a lot of support. And I think you know you can say whatever you want about how much money. You know, Penn State has spent on Penn State basketball over the course of the last, excuse me, over the last decade. But when it's all said and done, you know, for the most part, she supported the things they wanted to do to the best of her ability. So I, I don't doubt that this wasn't easy. Um, you know, I, I imagine we will never fully know. You know, you and I might hear, you know, a few things here or there, but, right. you know, I don't imagine it'll ever be public knowledge. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but certainly, you know, I don't think that. You know, you make a decision like this, a snap judgment. You don't, you don't, you know, do it with any sort of uh, enjoyment. And certainly, she kind of reflected that in her her brief uh, press availability yesterday. Um, so it is certainly not an easy time for anyone. And no. I, I, 
imagine that they're not having having any more fun today than they did yesterday. No, it, it, this had to be very tough for her to do as well, uh, and that that can't be left out of the equation. How you know we don't know when I start looking at a schedule. Part of what I do when looking at a schedule is you know who do you play twice? How good are the teams you play twice? Who do you play once? Where do you play them? I mean, those are usually things I look at when I'm thinking about what a team can do during the course of the season. So without the advantage of what I just talked about, because we don't know any of that right now, how good can this team actually be? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting because really the question, you know, I think they can play fine without Lamar. I think they've got plenty of guards. I think you figure that those guys are going to get older, you know, each and every year. They they have so many of them. I think the real question is, you know, what kind of John Hera are you going to get? How is uh, Abdu going to do behind him? Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the 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 question for me. A little bit like football, how are the receivers going to go? You know, you look at basketball and you go, how are the big men going to do? And I think we've seen John. You saw in that NIT run, you know, I, he was fantastic and arguably to a certain extent better than Mike had been that year. He doesn't have Mike's athleticism necessarily, but mm-hmm. he's the guy that's going to get your rebounds. I imagine Penn State, in a world where none of yesterday happened, was going to look a little bit more like the DJ Newbill era kind of team, where it's a lot more guard-oriented, a lot mm-hmm. more outside sort of stuff. Um, and I think they've got the personnel to do that. You know, Certainly MJ has been a guy that made a lot of shots. Seth Lundy was coming on at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. I think the big advantage for them they have a lot of returning experience, which means you're not going to have to throw these freshmen into the fire um, right away. You can kind of ease them in, and, and I think Seth Lundy's kind of a good example of that, a guy that didn't have a lot of minutes early in the year. And then by the end of the season, you know, I think he started a couple games when, when Myron Jones was out. You know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for these guys to get better. So how good that can they be? Like you said, we don't know a lot of the variables. Um, but really, to me, it comes down to if, if John Hara plays consistently, he doesn't have to be Mike Watkins. He just has to be John Hara. They've got all the pieces to be just as competitive as they were last year, but you know, so many things are odd this year. So many factors are different. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine is how it actually ends up. Well, Ben, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it very much. Yep, I'll see you uh, this weekend from a distance. And that is Ben Jones, StateCollege.com, having a chance to talk with Steve Jones before Steve begin his trip out to Indiana for Penn State in Indiana tomorrow at 3.30 here on WKOK. If you're just joining us, Steve's had a little bit of some flight issues, so he's going to be joining us, though, in the next hour to join us live from his rental car as he will be en route from Chicago when he had to fly out to Chicago instead after a couple of flight changes due to fog. Now he's going to fly drive from Chicago to Indianapolis where he's staying for the game tomorrow. So that is where... The situation here with the Sunbury Motor Studio, literally mobile today, with, as Steve will get set to join us in the next half hour, which will be joined by Rich Scarcella from the Reading Eagle for his take on the Indiana game. And then we're going to hear from, of course, the King with our picks for this week. It was not a good week for either one of us last week. So KJ and, and Steve took some big hits, but I still got the lead, so we'll, we'll go over that in a little bit. And, of course, we will be picking the big one between the two undefeated teams in the AFC, Pittsburgh, and the Tennessee Titans. So stay tuned for that. It is the Steve Jones Show coming up after this as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors and Brewers Athlete. 
party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. 